I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Yeah, so those are games you, you look forward to. That's what you work for. And uh, just didn't go our way. A really tough loss, but I mean, they shot really well. That's a really good veteran team. Uh... They got all positions are very skilled and they shot the ball extremely well. So it was just a fun game to play and the fans were amazing and uh, just a tough one to not be able to pull that out. You know, both teams played great, great offense and made big shots. Uh, they made the shot at the end that they had to make. Um, we couldn't get stops. You know, we played just as, about as well offensively as we can, but we've got to get stops to win and we couldn't do that. Well, that was the game. We just couldn't get anything in the second half. First half, we were okay on the board. Second half, we did nothing. Brahma's got to be able to stay in there and be able to make plays for us. We're small when he's not in, but, you know, he's just not getting it done. Well, it's hard, but, you know, he's, he's, he's just so physical down, down low. Um, you know, he's a physical, strong kid, tough. And uh, we just couldn't deal with him down there. We've had the same problem all year. You know, uh, our offense just is better now, so we can hang in, but we can't do anything down there with that guy. We just don't have anybody that can do anything with him down there. Where have you seen Rack at his best offensively? You know, he's good, you know, wherever he is. He's, he's playing good basketball. It's tough for him to play center. It's just not, uh, you know, physically it's uh, tough. He's a hard matchup for other people, though. So it's uh, Quincy did a really good job coming in, got on the boards. You know, he was good. Uh, he's earned some more playing time. He's been good in practice, too. So we'll see him more. All right, we'll see you Tuesday. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving you, the fans, a voice. So welcome, happy Sunday, rate, review, and subscribe, or whatever platform you listen on. Uh, we thank all of you who have already done so. Um, <laughs> the first Cardiac Cuse game of the year ends in a one-point uh, loss, 88-87 for the Orange. Uh, they fall to 8-6, and 1-2 uh, and two in the ACC as Notre Dame rides home with the win yesterday afternoon, evening. And uh, Syracuse will host Virginia Tech on January 7th at the Carrier Dome. 
at uh, our favorite time to play, of course, during the week is nine o'clock. So that's when that nice. happens. And that should be on the ACC network, as far as I know. So we will talk about both of those things. But first, just a little banter quickly. Dome's going to be packed. It's going to be packed. Nine o'clock on a Tuesday, bro. There's no <sighs> doubt. There's no nine. doubt. So, um, well, let's. Brad's the, the breaking news for the evening, yeah. the big stuff is Braswell's looking like uh, a medical red shirt. I, they, I, I read the, I read the article or skimmed it, I should say, but I yeah. didn't, um, I didn't see where they specified if it was a medical or not, but either way. Yeah. Um, he looks like it says pain in shins. I'm guessing shin splints. Sometimes that takes a little time to go away. So, uh, yeah, if we can get a red shirt and get him healthy, um, then yeah, obviously it's, it's hurting him and he can't, uh, you, we can't even get a good look to see, you know, how good he got or any type of his progression because of, of that injury. Uh, I guess it's been lingering for a while. So yeah, he said it's been, so, you know, like you said, it's been lingering. We don't know when it happened. We never get that mm-hmm. information, but, right. um, you know, likely, um, I would like to think it had something to do with his playing time the way, you know, as things, as things go. No, that'd be the optimistic way to look. Right, yeah. exactly. So, um, and then the um, at least someone's winning games, and that would be the Syracuse women's basketball team. Yeah, upsetting Florida State one day, turned around uh, a couple of days later in in beating Notre Dame in overtime. So, yeah. congrats to them. Yeah, it's it was, they were pretty impressive games, Sean. Honestly, uh, when you really look back I was at watching it, football. they. I, I know I was going back and forth too, but uh, I mean, this is a team that's made, I think seven or eight, something like that straight NCAA appearances. This uh, coach Hills has got him pretty good, but with, uh, with, uh, what's her name? Oh, God, I can't even think of her name now. The one that's out. Oh, Tiana. Mangic Tiana being, having her issue. Like, uh, I think, you know, she was somebody that was thinking about going to the WNBA last year as a junior. So, that obviously hurts, but they were six and six coming into this this uh, two game stretch here, and they do have the 14th ranked strength of schedule in the league. They have nothing but losses against basically ranked opponents. But Florida State was was undefeated, and and they hit a buzzer beater three to tie it, and then won an overtime on a, on a buzzer beater, and and they won today. Uh, yeah. They beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame's not as good as they've been in recent memory. Um, they had around the same uh, record, but. We haven't beaten them in 21 straight games. They beat us in 21 straight games up to that um, up to that point. So they were down by eight or ten, I think, in the fourth quarter, and they came back and again hit a three with about six seconds to go. Uh, Kiara Lewis hit a three, and they went into overtime, and they ended up going on an 11-0 run or something like that, and they they kind of ran away with it. So again, like you said, it's good to see that somebody's winning. Yeah, you know, and it's not to say that Syracuse men's team is is having. I think it's, I think the the the, the feedback I see on social media is a little hyperbolic. Like it's a little, it's a little, you know, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a little, you know, I think mostly frustration there. <laughs> of but, course. But um, what I saw yesterday, and we'll get into it. What I saw yesterday from that men's team wasn't all terrible. So no, um, um, it's a great game to watch, man. It was an exciting game. We, we kind of thought that there might be, uh, that that might be, you know, the first cardiac cues game of the season, and it sure was. No, oh, yeah. So uh, we are going to get into all of that. First, we're going to hear from the folks over at Blue Chew. We thank them for sponsoring Armchair Media and this show. So, listen, if you want to increase your performance, get extra confidence in bed, listen up. Now, you know, 
we can make jokes, we can do this and we can do that, but you know, it's important in a relationship to be able to have a good love life, man. So if you have a problem, don't be afraid. This is the easiest way to do it. Bluechew.com, that's blue like the color. Uh, Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full or empty stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence when it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. It's prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. Use the special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, B-L-U-E-CHEW.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Use the promo code armchair. Try it for free. Blue Chew is better, cheaper, and faster choice. And uh, remember, they do not promise any guaranteed results as well as um, claiming to cure disease. They don't do that either. Mm. So, as always. um, All right. Well, Joe, you know, a disappointing loss with a questionable no call maybe at the very end of the game. Syracuse fans were left a little stunned, expecting maybe uh, uh, an almost automatic free throw from JG3 to tie the game and likely to go into overtime. A a regretful Prentice hub breathed a sigh of relief uh, in the one point win after awakening the monster that is Joe Girard after kind of a. Kind of a dirty scumbag move standing over Joe as he uh, mm, slipped to the floor yeah. after an assist. But pretty, uh, pretty classless. Pretty classless. Gerard, we'll get into bo- both of those things separately, as they will be. Gerard would score 10 consecutive points, including the two points from the technical foul, helping him to a 20-point game. He followed up Buddy. Buddy, my buddy, led the orange with 23, going 50% from the field, 7 for 12, seven for 12 from 3. And just this kid is just becoming... I mean, he's becoming like so reliable. It's just 
It's so good. He's got yeah. such a such a nice stroke too. Huge with 19 <clears throat> points and five rebounds. The diamond in the rough always is Dolly. Um, you know, we say in the show a lot that if if we give him his credit words due, but we said I think it was the last show we said if this dude can score. Um, he becomes a triple threat instantly with assists, defense, and scoring. He finished uh, with a double-double, 13 points, 10 rebounds, three assists shy of a triple-double uh, with seven. So uh, mm. the Orange were out-rebounded eventually by three, 39-36. The good, Syracuse was 48.4% from behind the arc, tying a school record of threes with 15. Uh, they got much-needed help, much much appreciated help from Gary A. He had a good game. He finished with 10 points. He went three for three. Uh, the Orange also had five players in double digits. The bad, Notre Dame was also 48.4 from behind the arc. They also hit 15 threes. Uh, Gibbs and Hub scored 36 points combined from behind the arc. And the ugly uh, is the elephant in the room, and we all know what it is. It's Syracuse inside game. It is is just bad. Um, Mooney had his way as expected. I saw – it's funny. I was looking at Mooney's stats. I saw he scored 24 points. I saw he scored 26 points. I saw he scored 28 points. Either way, I don't know what it is. 28. I'm going with ESPN. Okay. ESPN said 28. Yes. Um, um, 28 points, 14 rebounds. And the way I see it, the only reason, and Joe and I talked about this yesterday, and this isn't a knock. I just, just The only reason to start Sadibi at this point is to just limit the fouls on Gary A, in my opinion. Yeah. That's no, and start off with your tallest lineup. Right. Right. So that's the good, the bad, the ugly. In your recap, Joe, what'd you think? Well, I was just talking, it was just overall, as much as we did lose the game, it was a great game to watch. You can't tell me going back and forth, uh, going down eight, 10 points and coming back, what, two or three different times. Um, yeah. You had to just sit there and watch the game. I mean, I know I was sitting there like, God, this is such a good game. Uh, obviously it didn't, it didn't turn out our way, but uh, yeah, I think it all really comes down to, like you said, I don't even think we knew Mooney was going to do that, right? Yeah, uh, he's pretty much been doing that to everybody. So, uh, and we shot basically the same percent. You look at the the stats and everything; they're almost uh, identical. They're pretty pretty close, right? So, yeah. the biggest things, obviously, uh, second chance points. Uh, they ended up having five extra shots than we did, and they scored twenty one points off our eleven turnovers. Yeah, so which, that means they almost scored every single time off of one of our turnovers. Uh, those are the, really the little things that got them to W in this, in this game. I'm sure the, uh, the cynical comments and the fans will probably say that the refs had something to do with it as well, but uh, either well, way, Notre Dame is the sixth team too, to make 10 plus threes yeah. against Syracuse. I believe last mm-hmm. year there was a red a stat that said, um, all of last year, there was only 10 teams that scored 10 plus threes in a game. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, I mean, we've talked a lot about defense. We know the defense is lacking. I've been critical of the zone. I've been, um, you know, I've been somewhat mocked for it. But, I, I mean, I don't – I'm not going – I'm not even going there right now. I still – I, st- <laughs> I still think – I still think um, we should try something else on defense – once in a while, but we're not going to see it, folks. It's not going to happen. Um, no. But anyway, um, you know, yeah, com- complete role reversal this year as far as offense, defense, right? Yeah, completely. How it has been. So, yeah. I mean, you're looking at Ken Palm last year. How many times was our offensive efficiency ranked up near the hundred 
but our defense was down in the top 30 or 20. And now when you look at it, our offensive efficiency is 32nd, but our defensive efficiency is 106th. So it's complete role reversal. And uh, I mean, obviously defense is effort, but it's also the just the pure fact of as much as we wanted to hate on Chukwu last year, he was taller with a bigger wingspan, and he definitely uh, made it harder for people to make shots down there last year. And we have young guys that are still – pretty much attempting to figure out that zone. Uh, the Orange were leading the – they had the edge in rebounding at the half, 21-13. to 13. Mm-hmm. And Mooney went off. What did he have? He had like 20 points and 10 rebounds in the second half. Something yeah. Like that. that's, that's like a game for most people. He, he had got the all. secret juice from Jordan at halftime. <laughs> yeah, and he had it all in the in the second half. Yeah. So, um, you know, and we were we were leading the edge in second chance points too before the half. So, um, anyway, look, there's a couple things that were controversial about the game. Let's first get into well, one one we can just get away with real quick. Do you do you think? I mean, you stand over a player like that, uh, regardless of what the situation is on the court. Um. Do you, do you think there's an ejection warranted there, or mm. is it is it just you know you get your, you you get the, the the technical foul you get two two free throws in the basketball? No, yeah, I, I I'm along the ends of ejections don't come without any type of physicality or contact or some type of something, uh, but it wasn't a smart play that's for sure. I mean it was definitely warranted as uh, a technical, and on top of that when you act like that, uh, I mean. Deeper teams, or or maybe maybe a lesser player, he's getting pulled immediately from there, uh, from that situation. Uh, I was surprised the way Mike Bray handled it, especially the way he was running around like a petulant child, saying it should have been a double technical when Joe Girard did absolutely nothing. So I'm sure once he went yeah. back and looked at the tape, he realized that that was just a bad move, and I'm sure he had a conversation after the game about it. But how can you be mad at the guy because he did make <laughs> all the shots that they needed to make? To, to basically win that game, even going down to the last two free throws to make it a four-point game when you're a 42% free throw shooter who hasn't shot a foul shot that and, game. And so. he only shot, yeah, he's only shot two the whole game. Yeah. So uh, he's a scumbag. It is what it is. I mean, I wanted to see him gone, obviously, but, um, you know, in the heat of the moment, those are my thoughts. But, I mean, you know, just hmm. he was oh. caught up in the moment too. I think, you know, it was a it was a, an intense game. And he let his emotions get the best of him there, so you know it's 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 fine. A bad move, a bad move, but I don't I don't hold against him. It's a it, it's a it's a game full of emotion, and uh, right. he's a great player. I just think he's classless. <laughs> no, he wasn't that moment. He wasn't so. that moment for sure. So then you know, um, it, 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 at first glance, obviously the the last shot by Joe Girard. First of all, to even hit it was amazing. After Hughes missed it, then I think Buddy kicked it back out to Joe on a rebound. Right. And then uh, Joe tosses it up, makes it. You think you're getting a foul on that. I thought I saw a signal at first as a foul. I mean, every time I went back and watched it, it was so quick. It could have been a flop. Like, the flop call is the hands upside down, like palms up. Right. And I think that might have been what it was. I think they were calling a flop. <sighs> So, but if you call that's difficult, it's difficult because it, it I mean, is. it depends on how the way you want to look at it. Uh, he did kind of kick his right leg out to make that contact. So, when it comes to it, there kind of was a flop there, but that doesn't take away from the fact that he was pretty close. It was close the with the uh, the hand and the follow through, too. So, again, 
Um, you don't just take away that just because he flopped. But either way, uh, I mean, I thought that there was two or three that probably could have been called earlier in the game with Buddy and Elijah, some of the ones that he made. And I thought that Elijah, when he pump faked and he got that guy in the air before it even got to Joe with a bunch of, within, you know, a little bit more time left, <laughs> I thought that should have been a foul as well. But he ended up gathering himself, got the ball back, and then, you know, barely missed the shot. Then he got kicked back out to Joe. So, again, um, it was just an – I mean, he made it too. So it's hard to sit there and say it was an un- – unfortunate series of events but at the same time by the time we got it and made it and the foul wasn't called there wasn't enough time to do anything no and i mean the guys were just they, they were standing around like because i think i think everybody on i think the players on the court thought there was a foul coming if you like i went back and watched it a couple times and first of all if there was contact it was very little i'll say this if right. if if that and it was to the hand to the right hand of joe yeah if if um if the shoe's on the other foot, okay, and the, and the roles are reversed, and uh, Notre Dame's shooting that ball to to you know close up and, and possibly get the free throw, I'm pretty pissed off at the whistles blown on one hand, but on the other hand, I also expect it. But I'd be pissed. I'd be like, <laughs> there was barely anything there. You could hardly see anything. Right. So well, again, the thing that I worry, the, the thing that I didn't like about that was the fact that. Like, as a ref putting his hand up, doing kind of the way that it was handled, uh, I couldn't understand why there was confusion. And as a ref, you can understand in that situation that there's probably going to want to be a foul called, right? Yeah. But with with the amount of time and everything like that, um, I was more disappointed in the fact that they just allowed the the, the play to keep on because it was pretty obvious that there was some confusion and there's some people that thought there was fouls and Notre Dame, they just went ahead and grabbed the ball and then the inbound. And I thought that especially in those type of situations, you want to make sure that the clock's right and everything like that. Right. So I think that it would have been, I expected the refs to kind of be able to stop the clock, kind of huddle together, talk it out to see what's up, check the clock to see how much time's actually left in the clock. So when it stopped and it was 0.4, it didn't matter at that point anyway because if they inbound it, we follow them. There's not going to be enough time as no, it is. absolutely not. But, but who knows when you really go back and look at it, was it 0.4? Was it 0.8? Was it more than, you know? So I just expected it to be handled a little bit differently. Um, and obviously there's other people that expected there to be foul. So um, you can't always get what you want, I guess. You but. can't always get what you want. But here's the, here's the thing. And, um, you know, Syracuse, look, there's going to be some matchups where this offense is, is going to, is going to put some ACC opponents away. And I, I, I I think it's going to be, you know, I think, I think we played Notre Dame twice, don't we? I think we did. Uh, Not a hundred percent sure. I thought we, I thought we did, but, um, you know, it's if if Syracuse is to play Notre Dame again, if they do play him again, I bet you it's the same type of game. And and it's well, be- it'll always it'll come down to who makes the most threes. Yeah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have, or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. (sighs) 
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, I know, and it's funny the broadcaster said that, and they both make 15. So um, the way that Syracuse's offense is clicking right now, I mean, scoring 87 points, I mean, look... This is good. This is a good thing, obviously. Gary A starts being a little bit more um, consistent and yep. and growing into his role. They're going to get a little better on defense. I don't know how much better they can get on defense, though. No. Well, I mean, I thought when Gary Air played good and they had that lineup with Dolzhai and, and Gary Air and Elijah Hughes with Buddy and Gerard, I think that that's probably our best lineup. Uh, I don't know how good it is against really big teams, but – uh, you could tell the difference when that Juwan Durham was in there and when he wasn't. It was a key to get him fouled out. Uh, so, yeah, it's you're going to have to go back and forth depending on the matchup. But, again, uh, I believe Jim Beheim did mention in, in his postgame that, uh, that Quincy has earned more minutes. So I wouldn't be surprised if <clears throat> we don't start seeing him more and that Leishon Sadibi is probably going to be getting shorter and shorter. So, And, by the way, we do play Notre Dame again. Yeah, I thought so. Um Fairly quick, too, right? January 22nd. Okay, yeah, there you go. A couple weeks. So, um, anyway, yeah, then obviously that game's going to be at Notre Dame. So, should be interesting. I think that's going to be, that's something to look forward to. That's really is something to look forward to. Um, that, I that look team, forward to every game, Sean. I look forward to every game, too, you cliche. <laughs> but listen, listen, one game at a time. Listen, listen, listen here's here's uh, you just threw me off my you threw me off my train of thought. Oh, Notre Dame, very experienced team, dude. Right. Compared to us. 
So, and, so and I you mean, see those guys like Goodwin and Prentice Hub, those sophomores that got that playing time, and you saw yeah. what that did for them last yeah. year. You know, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, when you take a step back and you look at it at that aspect, this Syracuse team is a little bit. I think they're a Notre little, Dame's a good team. They're a good. They're a good team. I don't know how good. They, I really don't know how good they are. No, we'll see. We'll we'll see, but I don't really know how good they are yet because they really haven't. No, John Mooney's doing that to everybody, so yeah, maybe well, not. He's bad, good, but he's good. Yeah, there's and no they shoot threes. They yeah, hit 15 yeah. threes. Somebody else is better. Yeah, or somebody yeah. else is good too. If yeah. Mooney only hit one, yeah, that's true. Which was bold. Was almost as bold as Gary A's. So he shoots. Yeah. Anyway, um, all right. Well, let's hear from fans. Um, yes, sir. Before we do all of that, I have to tell you about my bookie now. Whether you're a past, present, or future MyBookie player, future means you're going to use this deal that we got right here in front of me. Um, it doesn't matter whether you're experienced or a first-time customer. MyBookie welcomes all that come in play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. If you've got a bunch of questions, you're not sure how it works, research it, see if it's right for you. But if you still have questions, MyBookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And uh, the best part is, if you join now, you log on to mybookie.ag, and you make that first deposit using the promo code CHAIR, mybookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart the bankroll. That is, go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code CHAIR. They'll match your deposit dollar for dollar up to 1000 bucks. So go there. Try it out. Throw a 50 spot down like I do. And uh, be done with it. So... Um, you play, you win, you get paid. Thank you to my bookie. So, um, the we talked a lot about how some of these um, these fan feedback segments have been a struggle, but um, everybody's pretty fired up. Yeah. Not I, after a game like that, I know everybody was pretty fired up. So let's check it out. It's time to hear from you, the loud mouths from the loud house. All right, look, you guys know how it works. I uh, will post after every game for you to leave your thoughts, and all you got to do is just that, leave your thoughts. So um, I tried. Now, the one thing that is still difficult, Joe, is trying to pick something that's different. So um, Penny on, I am on Facebook. Penny is not a top fan, but we're going to read her comment anyways. Okay. Must be good. All right. Penny, you, you listen? I doubt it. Uh, it shouldn't come down to the last shot arguing if it was a foul or not. They need more rebounds throughout the whole game. So a lot of this rebound stuff, and I agree, because we're historically this year just awful at it. Um, but... Well, it was bad last year, too, but not like this year. Right. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. just it to see some year. of those easy buckets that yeah. Mooney got off of offensive rebounds. Dane Goodwin came in and tipped one in and got fouled. I mean, here's the ridiculous. thing with a game like that. That's a one point game that comes down to here's another reason. Now, I was fired up after the whole Joe Girard not getting the foul call thing. Like I was. I mean, you can go back on Twitter and look. Right. Um, and I was I was pissed off. I thought he was fouled. But when I started. You know, took a couple deep breaths and replayed it over and over again. I'm like, man, I don't know. But here's the thing. When it comes down to that, you can point to one play. 
But there's a numerous other places you can point to. Yeah. It just happened to be the last one, right? right. So it's always going to come down to the last one, unfortunately. And we could t- we can go back and pick and pick about the rebounds. Um, we were out rebounded by three, thirty nine to thirty six. You know, we did really good in the first half, and then I mean, then Mooney just went off. By the way, um, the fourteen rebounds he have he had, I think, were a high for him. So, um. You know it, that seems to happen to us. Those guys like that, the 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 what was it, Mike Watkins and um, Luca Garza, Luca Garza, Your seven. Those guys, they're going to be able to grab those extra couple rebounds on a team like ours. So, anyway, I agree the rebounding needs to get better. But guess what? Don't look for that. They got to look to be more efficient on offense. That's how they're going to win these games because I just don't know how much better they're going to get on defense. So, yeah, well, I don't see that. I don't know how much better you can play on offense compared to what they just played. I mean, you can't ask somebody to, to, to shoot better than 50%. It comes down to making a stop. We can't make a stop. If you got a guy, if they have a guy that's in the middle, like they did Mooney or somebody that can make something, you know, our, our guards were down in the, the free throw line trying to keep the ball away from going to him. But then that just makes it harder to close out on shooters like Prentice Hub, who was shooting at a ridiculous rate. So that's it's got to be one or the other, right? So I mean, it's either got to be rebounding, it's got to be getting stopped, it's got to be something because you really can't ask much more for this well, offense. We're not gonna we're not gonna score 100 points, especially every game. So it's got to be our defense. Well, and you look, you know, like Coach said, you know, they played the, they they played probably as well as they could, and you'd think if you hit 15 threes, you win that game, but. Um, you know, I mean, there you could you could point to numerous other things, but you know, eleven turnovers, you know, isn't terrible either. To be honest with you, I mean, it's right. not terrible. Well, everybody shoots, everybody shoots threes, right? Everybody shoots yeah, threes now. Of course, but that's the game. Uh, I think right now we shoot threes. I think at the highest rate of any team in the major conference, and I think Notre Dame's not too far behind us, but oh, they do really? have a little bit of offense okay. down with Mooney in, in Durham, so. They got some big guys that can 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 do some things as well. But uh, Mike Bray came came in saying that the team that hits the most threes are going to win. Uh, so we tied, and it came down to one point in the little things that came in between it. Robert, top fan on Facebook, says Sadibi is just not strong enough. The middle is a problem, and yeah, JG three should have been at the line. Um, yeah, well, like I said, I think Sadibi's in there because he's he's going to absorb some fouls for um, Gary A. And like Joe said, you're going to start with your tallest lineup anyway. So, I mean, no, he, when you're playing, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, of course, when you're playing a two hundred six nine two hundred forty five pound um, forward down low, yeah, no, and Juwan Durham six eleven with that with that reach too yeah, with that length. True. So yeah. again. And then to be perfectly honest, uh, I think that Sadibi he started off the game pretty well. I mean, he didn't Gary he didn't yeah. come into under the ten minute mark. He had a couple boards. He had a a, a basket. Uh, he had a block. So uh, I think if you look at his stats, he probably did all that in the first ten minutes. But after that, he was pretty much done. I mean, you saw <laughs> Bayheim lighting into him on the bench. Um, so oh yeah, I mean, yeah, because he turned the ball over. I mean, he, he look. Well, he put, turns the ball over, and he, he's sometimes like I think you were talking to me about it the other day. But sometimes he looks scared or timid out there, and you can't you can't do that. You got to go hard the whole time. If you stop because you think you made something in that one play, and the ball's still loose, and then they turn around and get a rebound just because you made one good little tip or a block doesn't mean it plays over. Nobody nobody grabs a rebound and throw the ball and then throws the ball away more than Sadivi. 
Well, that's because he's told not to shoot. <laughs> Six rebounds and two points in 23 minutes and two turnovers, so and four fouls. Um, <clears throat> Brian, top fan on Facebook, he said, BS are my thoughts. What are fouls for? Q's players are not fouls for Notre Dame players. There we go. Uh, Mike Bray grabbed the ref's arm on the tech and gets nothing. Hughes was followed on his three-point attempt, and Gerard and uh, yep. Girardi was fouled. Gerard um, hit on the wrist <laughs> and hit on the leg, and nothing called. Um, he's got a big old middle finger to the refs. I don't know if he was hit on the leg, but it looked like he was hit on the wrist. Everybody was upset uh, upset after that last call. You want yeah. you want you want Joe to go into. Uh, you want Joe to go to the foul line because it's almost automatic tie game. Oh yeah, right. And real, and then that's that's kind of the play that they're trying to get rid of. I hated that whole if you kick the leg out, you get fouled thing. Um, it's a bad they're doing, habit. He's they're got. doing it in the NBA too. But but again, the thing is, is when you're a jump shooter, you're not really unless you're fading away and you f- throw your feet forward a little bit for balance. Pushing off. You're yeah. not you're not taught to you're taught to square up and then land square. So this whole this one random leg goes out this way toward the defender. I mean, they're gonna they're they're gonna call it or not call it every single time. Yeah, it's just you know I didn't honestly I didn't think their fishing was terrible. To be honest with you, I think it was terrible. no. They let them play. Those guys are playing hard. Yeah. So again, it's just tough because people want you know everybody wants. It's funny because it's um it's just it's like any type of bias, right? I mean, when do you as a fan watch the game? And you, you see a, a foul called on Notre Dame, and you're like, ooh, that wasn't a foul. Ooh, that was a bad call. No, you're always looking at what you don't get, right? So realistically, when you go back, and a lot of times when you look at it, it usually evens itself out. Yeah, sometimes. And if it doesn't, we'll let you know. <laughs> we have oh, hey, my dad's bad for that. He's like, we don't get the calls here. We wouldn't get the calls in Notre Dame. <laughs> well, a lot of times we don't, I feel like. But I guess maybe a lot of people feel like that when they lose. So, to your point. Exactly. Uh, Tim on Facebook, not not a top fan. But maybe this is why. Oh, <laughs> oh the trash zone. Retire already, Bayheim. Not even making CBI tourney. It's clear as day what the problems are. But the worst fan base wouldn't know that. Our fans are a bunch of idiots. Oh, man. All right. First off, I want to pre- – anything we say before this, I just want to let you know, based off what Sean just said, we do not pick our top fans based upon any comments or anything like that. Facebook That's does true. it for us. Facebook does that for us, yes. Okay. So, proceed. <laughs> uh, I just thought it was an entertaining comment. I don't really have much to say about right. it because yeah. I, think you, I think you know our thoughts on it. Yeah. I just thought it was entertaining because Tim, there's look, we have two. Tim's the biggest troll on Facebook right now, um, and then he's always just got something nasty to say about being. No, maybe on our page, but. Well, yeah, no, that's what I'm talking about. I don't know what the hell else he does on Facebook. I have no idea. I don't know the guy. Um, and then, and then this guy too on 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 Twitter, but um, he actually had something that's worth maybe discussing here at Mister right. Dodger 1966. This guy. If you're on Twitter, you know this guy uh, is just one of the most negative Syracuse fans. I didn't even know he was a Syracuse fan, to be honest with you, until I saw a comment on, on, on something else where he was actually positive. He says, I'll say this. It is not a good sign for the rest of the season's outcome when Cuse shoots nearly 50% from three and still loses. I mean, as Beheim noted, the offense played as well as they are capable of playing. And you know, it kind of goes to our point, right, Joe? So, yep. 
I mean, they did. They 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 played awesome. They played awesome offensively. Problem is, uh, Notre Dame m- m- matched almost identically too. From the from the field, we shot. 48.4%. They shot 44.9% with yeah. five more shots. Free throw line was close. Yeah. We made the There's same amount of shots. We, yeah. we made the same amount. They just took five. Again, points. I mean, it's it's just this this year, it's just role reversal for everybody who thinks that Beheim can't coach offense. And for the past two years with Brissett and Battle and Howard and, oh, they, what were they complaining about? I didn't hear them complain about the 2-3 zone the last two. I mean, yeah, when on a loss. But overall, when we eh, make the tournament, not much. It was more the offense, right? Oh, yeah. this one-on-one, we can't score. Yeah. We're shooting twenty-something, yeah. whatever percent, right? And, and now, I, I think that's more of a valid point than you know. That's that was more of a valid point last year. I think that that one-on-one offense with Tyus Battle and stuff, it was it was boring to watch. Well, well, my point is, yeah, exactly. It was definitely boring to watch. But at the same time, my whole point is, is that the defense kept them in the games because the offense was kind of was average. Yeah. This year, our offense is way better. I mean, again, another what twenty assists? We didn't um, match. They had twenty-six, but we had twenty assists. So yeah. again, our offense is better, but now our defense—they just give up way too many points, second chance points, just turns turnovers. As far as points off turnovers, um, so again, it's just getting that. I'll tell you what, I feel like defense can be fixed, and again, again, it also depends on matchups and stuff like that. I'd much rather see these guys shooting the percentage that they're shooting and the points getting put up, knowing that these young guys could somehow figure it out, especially if you're looking at possibly getting a Bryson Goodine, eventually maybe getting some minutes, but like Gary Air being down there. I mean, look, do you see his blocks? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Really God. good. Did he play volleyball? Did he play uh, volleyball in Canada too? Because <laughs> I don't know, but he had one. Oh. Elbow. He had a monster putback too. That uh-huh. was that was amazing. And here's the thing: he's going to be the key to this defense getting better. Obviously, yep. I mean, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. I just do. I really do feel like it's starting to click with Gary A. And I feel like it's only a matter of maybe maybe five more games. To, mm-hmm. to where this kid just, it's going to click. Sometimes it just we talk, clicks. We talked about it, what, at nauseum pretty much throughout this whole non-conference of how, look how long it took Buddy last year. Took him right as a, to, yeah. As a true freshman, you're talking yeah. true freshman, you don't know when it's going to happen, but when it happens, you know, look at Joe Girard. Prentice Hub might have started that engine yeah, because, yeah. you know, you, we've seen him and he's been, you know he's he's been good some games and stuff like that, but when he comes to good competition, he hasn't really like lit it up. That dude turned around and he just scored eight straight points after kind of being disrespected, and then hit that last three. I mean, he's starting to get it, and uh, if him and Buddy can figure out their defensive uh, movement between trying to stop the ball from getting to the free throw line and then closing out on shooters, then that's going to get better. And then obviously the same thing with Quincy. We talked about it. Uh, this team's pretty much going to be what we've seen unless Quincy gets better and gets more consistent and gets more minutes and becomes that type of a Shaber set player uh, <clears throat> so that we can close out games and have possibly without CDB in there so we can have five guys that can score. And that's where you're going to see the maximized talent of this team. Yeah, you reverse the minutes for Sadibi and Gary A with 23 and 17, that being Gary A gets the 23. I mean, he had 10 points and five rebounds uh, and three blocks in 17 minutes. So, yeah, I said, talk to Sadibi, 
Let them know his fouls don't matter. You're going to start. Get in there. Yeah. Be tough. Be, be tough. rough. Don't be Who afraid. Cares? Who cares? Yeah, go yeah. in there. And if you get some fouls, it's all good. Get If you get three fouls in the first 12 minutes, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, whatever. and if he plays good in the beginning like he did his last game, then yeah. Gary Air gets to sit there and rest, and then he can come in yeah. fresh yeah. after the other team's been playing for 10 minutes. Absolutely. I think it's a game plan. I think it's a good game plan. I mean, I think it's probably what's happening. But to be honest, probably was, you know, <laughs> so anyway, well, on top of patiently waiting for Quincy to kind of become what we thought he was going to be, which right, again, right, Jim right, has right, right. Uh, Jim Bayham's he's pretty much hinted toward that in his post game that he's played better in practice. He played better. How about that bank? Yeah, it was a lucky <laughs> shot. If I don't he missed care. That shot, Went in. I don't care. Went in. I know. If he misses that shot, though, all hell breaks loose on the bench because he's not <laughs> supposed to be out there taking that, and everybody knows it. No comment. At, at Orange Pierce, 44, <laughs> poor defense and second shot bad by Gerard, uh, bad shot by Gerard tied at 84. That need to be a better possession. Showed heart and effort. Yeah, they never gave up. They were down by eight points at one point. Kind of late. I think we're like maybe four or five minutes left. They were down by yeah. eight. Well, multiple times in the game, but yeah, late too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Were they down by eight multiple times? I thought we got to six, but that was it. No? Got to eight a couple times. Okay. Either I way. So. Either way, they never pulled away by eight. Right. Uh, their largest no. lead was probably like four or five, if that. So, uh, yeah, they never, they never, they did show heart. They they showed effort and they never gave up. And uh, I remember the shot by Gerard, but here's the thing. And this is always going to be the sports fans reaction when it's missed. And if he goes and makes that shot, then all of a sudden, you know, it's the, it's the, it was the key moment of the game, the turning point. Oh, so, yeah. mm-hmm. You know how that works. It's just hindsight. So. Uh, I don't blame him for taking it. You know, he's he hit what uh, four for nine, so just under fifty percent. So. He was in the zone at that point, so yeah, um, he checks all over the place. At MHT Bird, uh, wins will be tough to come by as long as SU has no interior defense at all. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, depends on the matchup, but it depends get it. on the matchup. But it's going to get better. I mean, these things are going to these things are going to get better. It's just not um, every ACC team has a big man that can score twenty eight. So. No, and that's 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 the point. That's what's going to be fun. And you know, I don't know if the ACC is what they were last year. I mean, you just take a look around the league, and it's you know, it's not what it was last year. I mean, Duke's not the same. UNC is certainly not the same. Uh, UVA is certainly not the same, though they have a strong defense. They're not the same offensively, and that's yeah. what made them strong last year. So um, anyway. Um, thank you for participating in fan feedback. Obviously. Yes. Uh, we appreciate it. It, um, you know, the, this is when it's going to get fun. We're full blown conference play. And this is when, this is when the fun starts. This is, this is, this is when, you know, these games start to matter. We're going to start to look at net ratings. We're going to start to look at quad wins yep. and quad mm-hmm. losses. And, you know, just hope that Notre Dame, this is my final thought, hope that Notre Dame is, you know, hope Mooney just destroys people, okay? Because we, because this loss at home could turn turn south very quick if no, Nor- yeah. if Notre Dame doesn't um, get better throughout well, the season. Piggybacking well. off of what you said, you take away Louisville, Duke, Florida State. I don't really see uh, a team that's really dominant. So uh, Notre Dame was one of my sleepers in this 
season to be, you know, a top four, top five ACC team, kind of be sneaky good. So uh, we'll see what happens. But again, like we talked about, they have the guys. It's just whether or not they can get it done. Yeah. So anyway, we appreciate it. Um, on to Virginia Tech. Yeah, there is. All right, Syracuse will host the 10-4, and 1-2 and two in the ACC Hokies at 9 p.m. on Tuesday. Lucky us. Mm. That's Eastern time, thankfully. Be thankful yeah. for that, at least. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The all-time series with Virginia Tech sits at 9-4 and four in favor of the Orange. Syracuse winning four out of six during the Buzz Williams tenure. Uh, Syracuse went 3-0 and against the Hokies during their time together in the Big East. Um, this is a team that this year uh, struggles to score sometimes, uh, most recently against UVA, but that's expected, managing only yeah. 39 points. Uh, as far as the other two ACC games that they played so far this year, the lone win came over Clemson, 67-60, to and a 77-63 to loss against Duke. They do have a signature win over Michigan State. Uh, Virginia Tech this year plays guards for days. And, um, you know, I have not watched a Virginia Tech game, I have to admit. So, but one of those guards is 6'7, 230 pound Landers Nolly, the second. He leads uh, the Hokies in points and rebounds, averaging 17.4 points and 5.8 rebounds a game, shooting. 43.4% 43.4% from the field altogether. Uh, he's taken the most shots from behind the arc of all the Hokies with 85. He's hit 43.5% of those. Um, he's, uh, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a baller. So um, mm-hmm. it, <laughs> it's just, um, you know, I really couldn't find, like, he's he's holding that team up, basically. And uh, all together, <sighs> as a team, they're hitting 45.5% of all their shots. Uh, they are 68.7% from the line, and they're 39.4% from outside. So, like I said, uh, you know, he's holding the team up, kind of. But, um, I mean, Joe, they play, there's, there's, like, significant minutes come down to, like, 12 guys, or, like, 8 guys. And you've yeah. got, you've got two guard or two forwards in there, and the rest are guards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's, honestly, this game. So Virginia, this game scares me a little bit, and I'll explain why in a second. But Virginia Tech, ten and four, one and two in the ACC. Like you said, Clemson. Reason why that's kind of big. It was a road game, right? So at Clemson, and then Michigan State was their um, their Maui Classic. Their Maui Invitational. There was a Maui Invitational tournament. They went out. They played Michigan State the first game. You know, Michigan State going to Hawaii, top five team, probably right. not taking them seriously. Still 14th, head- by the way, right? What's that? Michigan State still ranked 14th, by the way. Oh, yeah, they're still up there. And um, so that was a neutral court. And then they went on to lose to Dayton by 27 and BYU by 13 in that tournament out there. And then they, like you explained, uh, lost to Duke by 14. Everybody else they've played have been just kind of horrific. They had a close one against VMI. They had a close one against um, Chattanooga. And again, this is a team that basically is – we, we don't know nothing about them. Buzz Williams is gone. They have a brand new coach. So um, they lost a lot of people. One of their main guys, Wayne Blackshear, he went and transferred to Florida for his graduate senior. Uh, a bunch of guys transferred. A couple went to the NBA. Some were seniors already. So this is going to be a team that we don't really know nothing about. This is yeah. going to be a bunch of guys other than uh, Wabisa Bidi, who's been there. He's a junior. Uh 
he's really the only one that I remember. PJ Horn, also uh, a junior who got a little bit of burn. But other than that, almost all of these guys are freshmen. And um, the thing that scares me is like what you said. The tallest guy that you that plays the most is that Landers Nolly, the second. So he's yeah. a six seven guard. Takes a bunch of shots. Big, big dude. He's yeah, big, big, big dude. Guy. Yeah, now the guy that they have is a four that's starting. PJ Horn, he's 6'5", junior, 230 pounds. So he's 6'5", 230. So, I mean, he's going to be able to maybe use his body to move people around, but still 6'5". So, again, when you, when you look at their lineup, you're talking about a 6'5", forward with a 6'1", junior point guard with Beattie, um, 6'2", redshirt freshman Tyrese Radford, uh, Naheem Aline, 6'3", freshman, and then Landers Nolly, who was a retro freshman. So you're looking at Radford and Nolly, who are freshmen, but they were recruited by Buzz Williams. They sat out last year. So they're probably chomping at the bit to kind of get their 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 mm-hmm. um their time, but I don't see any height here. Uh, the only guy they got, they have a true freshman, uh John Ogiaco. He's six ten. Um he's only averages about ten minutes a game. 12 minutes a game, but he leads the team in blocks under one. So he doesn't play that often. I feel like we're probably going to have to see him. He's They're, they're probably going to have to play them. But the reason why I, I say that I'm a little nervous is because with this small lineup, uh, our strength in our mismatch is down low, which means we're going to have to rely on the Sidibis and the Dolzhais and the guys that we don't really haven't really liked to rely on. Even the Guerriere. I can see this being a, a breakout game for Guerriere. But um, that's really the main thing when you like you talked about some of the guys that, that they have. I mean, you're looking at two juniors, a sophomore who the sophomore six three Isaiah Wilkins. He really he's got a, he's a good three point shooter. He'll come off the bench if they try to, if they need a spark um, offensively. But other than that, everyone's freshman or redshirt freshman. Uh, young team, first year head coach Mike Young, who's from Wofford. He had a thirty and five season last year. They beat Seton Hall in the. Uh, first round of the uh, NCAA tournament. So, um, but their strength schedule is bad. Like other than the teams that we played, like they're other than teams that we just talked about, some of the good teams, Maui Invitational, Clemson, Duke, you know, conference games, everyone else is, I mean, to put it in perspective, our strength schedule, uh, according to Penn, Ken Palm, we're 98th, Virginia, Texas, 277. Yeah. Robert Morris, Howard, Marshall, Toledo, oh, Presbyterian, you, you can FD, blah, 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 all F- over that. FDU, yeah, exactly. Detroit, Coppin state. Yeah, yeah. Let's just keep going. Right. But so, and that's why when you see going into this past Virginia game, which, you know, you, you don't really want to base it off the Virginia, but going into the Virginia game, Virginia tech was only averaging seven and a half turnovers a game. And they were averaging almost 40% from the three point line. So they huck threes and everything like that. But again, we got to talk about the strength of schedule, right? Uh, I feel like they're going to be a team that that we're going to have to try to to space out. And they don't have a John Mooney. They don't have a Juwan Durham. So um, they're going to be shooting threes. And they're going to try to penetrate and, and do certain things like that. And I just – I don't know how successful they're going to be. I, I look at this team as a good matchup for us as long as Doljai and Guerriere and, and even and even Sidibe have good games got to take advantage of that height big time we get out rebounded by this team we have a problem we had a problem with with what was it north florida right was that who it was niagara it's the smallest niagara. smallest team in the country and we we the, it was something that was almost a gimme now syracuse was kind of i don't know how focused they were that game it just wasn't a well put together game 
Uh, right. So these games are different. Now, whenever we play teams like this, what worries me is, you know, you focus on uh, this Landers Noli the second, but it's always it's always someone else. It's always someone else that that comes through because our attention's focused on one guy. And there's always that one guy, maybe a Naheem Alani uh, or someone that's going to come through. I'm thinking, I'm thinking uh, Hunter Couture. <laughs> Hunter he's, Couture. He's a six. Okay, he's a six three. He's a six three freshman off the bench, and he's done it a couple different times. Uh, he's there. He's the reason they beat VMI. Believe it or not, he came off the bench, and I believe he scored eighteen or twenty or something like that. Uh, so he's the freshman, the shooter. Uh, again, they shoot a lot of threes, and um, He's the guy that's been coming off the bench uh, that you really have to worry about, um, especially shooting threes and, and stuff like that. And everybody can shoot threes, even their 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 uh, forward uh, PJ Horn. He can shoot threes. Uh, and another thing to look at too, which I thought was really really interesting when I looked at this uh, this stat was Tyrese Radford, the six two redshirt freshman that he redshirted with with Noli last year. Mm-hmm. He leads the team in offensive rebounding by more than double. Yeah, that's crazy. And I don't even understand that. So, again, I mean, he's got 36 offensive rebounds. I think the next one is either like 16 or 17. So, um, and he's 6'2. So, he's got to have some type of sneakiness going on there because uh, 6'2 guys shouldn't be leading your team in offensive rebounds. So, again, first year coach from Wofford, he doesn't know our zone. We don't know what they're doing. But again, just like Buzz Williams, is there a team full of guards? Team full of guards worries me a little bit. To, I didn't. I, this is why. This is why I hired you, Joe. This is why you get paid the big bucks to make those points because come, <laughs> hasn't got oh, yeah. hasn't got a cent. Has never seen a penny. But nope. <laughs> just to, just to um just for argument's sake, you know, um, made me choke on my beer there. <laughs> you um. You make the point about you know the the plays are going to have to be made down low because you have all this athleticism and and it, with these guards playing and you know that's true that's true but I I feel like to something you just spoke about before they, they don't know us they don't know this zone uh, these this is a young team as well they're still kind of trying to find their way they've been matched up with with the Dukes in the in in you know Michigan State I guess and Clemson too so I mean they I mean there's no doubt they can come in and win. There's no doubt, but I feel like no, yeah. I feel like this is for us. This kind of matchup for us is better than Notre Dame. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I and I didn't say that assuming that their guards were going to be able to stop our guys from shooting threes and, and doing what they do. No, but I mean, it's a good point. It's a it's a valid point because you're right. Well, my my point is is that that's really what it is because if they shoot just like our guards shoot and we we keep up the offense, the main like like I said the strength and the mismatch that we have is being able to get those offensive rebounds is being able to not let them out rebound us and get second chance points off of rebounds and things like that. So uh, we should be able to do that against a smaller team, not a John Mooney or a Durham or that my point. They don't have have anybody like that. My point with Niagara was, is one of our biggest, first of all, they came in so boring to watch. Um, Speak for yourself. The Niagara game. Yeah, it was boring. I, I get it. Okay. Well, um, my point with that is, is we we talked during that game about you know playing down to your competition. We're not going to be playing down to any competition here. So th- I th- I feel like they're going to be playing better with a team that's a little bit smaller than them. I, they haven't shown us that they could do it yet. Is my point. But I think that I think I think this is a better matchup than yeah. Notre Dame. I think 
You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if this team, honest, if they they spread us out to the point where they just take they got four people out on the three point line. I, I mean, I don't could. know. I don't know how they're going to attack us, but I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I I just don't know. I can't see their lineup. Then again, I haven't seen them play, but I can't see their lineup being able to compete with just the way that normal teams show up and, and try to attack our zone. I just don't see it. Unless yeah. Noli's gonna unless Noli's gonna take the baseline or, or the free throw line and he's gonna be able to just not miss from there or he's gonna be able to kick it out to, to wide open three pointers. I mean, Beatty's definitely a great defender. He's gonna give Gerard problems and he does average over six um assists, so He's tough, and and obviously his first year coach is going to want to come in. Guys are going to play tough for him. So, but I just feel like I don't want. I'm not saying that this is a must win, but we we have to win. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. I think after this past week and everything like that, I think we're going to come out and and I mean, if I really had to, I don't think we're going to shoot as good as we did last game. But if I really had to throw it out there, I think this is Guerrier's breakout. Yeah. And That'd I thought, be my prediction. I thought, I mean, I kind of predicted that for the Notre Dame thing. So in the Notre Dame game, you know, I figured, you know, it's the better, best time as any for him. It's conference play. I'll, I will be happy if, if every game for him is a breakout game from here on out. Mm-hmm. If he just progressively gets better, if he can, if he can build on Notre Dame and just and then build on Virginia Tech. I mean, this is exactly what we need him to do. We got we got Virginia Tech on Tuesday, and then we got a we got a good solid three days of practice, and it's heading to UVA, you know. So and and we're already playing a team for the second time of the season. That's gonna be that's gonna be our that's gonna be our you know from there from UVA. It's. It's it gets a little you know it's not easier but you know you get those two UVA games out of the way and then everybody else you know you just kind of take one game at a time so right um, and I feel like you know obviously just we'll worry about Virginia Tech but um, you know I have a good feeling about this game uh, I say we go to five hundred I I'm not I had to predict on the uh, put out the prediction thing at QSmilitia dot com because Joe wouldn't respond to my text. So I just ended up doing it. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. That's fine. So I'm not going to predict anymore. That's Joe's job. I did an awful job. Uh, so do you want to give a prediction now or you want to wait? I'd like to wait. Okay. All right. Joe's going to opt out. So look for that. Uh, I'll have it. Well, you put me on the spot. So. Well, I know, but you and knew I figured it was since you got a chance to do the prediction the day of the game, no, I might as Sean's well have not, that same respect, not, right? Sean's not doing any more predictions. That's not going to be a thing, okay? No, it hurts because too bad to be wrong. I, I oh, but no, 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 much, no, no. I just how bad overthink I was wrong it. In football. I just overthink it. No, no you don't think I do? No, I feel like no. You're better at that stuff than I am. All right. Okay. So, anyways, okay. look for that. I'll I'll try to have that up tomorrow night instead of instead of Tuesday morning. So, um, we will see. That'll give Joe time to get ready. So that is all. Thank you to my bookie. Thank you to uh, Blue Chew. Uh, thank you to Armchair Media. Thanks to all of you who participated in fan feedback. All of you for listening, obviously. We really appreciate that. That is uh, yes, sir. That's all I got, man. Thanks to James on guitar. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace. 
Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe. 